You are listening to episode number 17 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Gordon, and this is episode number 17 of the Fit Successful Dad podcast. Thank you for joining me, and today I am going to go over my top five recommended tools for productivity. Now, if you do a quick Google search at any point in time for productivity tools or productivity uh, applications or something like that, you'll find a list. I've, I've found several, actually, since I started kind of getting into productivity and business and stuff like that over the past couple of years. And some of these lists that I've found have had upwards of like 32 all the way up to like 50 productivity tools. And I don't have personally, 50 tools uh, at all, like combined at my disposal as far as like software applications that I use on a regular basis or apps on my phone. I'm not really sure of anybody in my personal network who does have that many. And uh, now while it is a a comprehensive list and that's kind of cool that, you know, you can take that list and kind of whittle it down to what makes most sense to you, I have always found it a little bit more beneficial to get a small list of things like this when it comes to things like like recommended tools or like recommended software or a recommended service or something. Uh, So I've always preferred to get a small list from someone that... You know, I know of who has tried these things and has been able to be successful with them. So uh, in this episode, I'm going to go over my top five tools that I use and have been using for some time, and I will talk about why I think they're important and why they help me get through a lot of the, the productivity issues that I encounter and how I think that they will help you get through the productivity issues that you may encounter and kind of help balance everything out, organize every, every you know, all the thoughts in your head and organize everything in your life and kind of help you, you know, take a, a step forward. So, okay, so number one on my list is an application called Evernote. And if you've never heard of Evernote, then I think that you're missing out on something huge. So Evernote is a, it's an application that is cross-platform. And uh, I think by default, it doesn't cost any money. By default, the Evernote uh, default settings allows you to have the app installed on two devices. And what it does is it's, it's essentially a notebook. It's an electronic notebook. So if you picture an app, uh, as soon as you open it, it has options such as create new notebook or add new, uh, add new page to that notebook. Um, that's, that's, that's really all it is. Okay. So you have notebooks and then within each notebook you have, you have notes that you add to it. Um, here's the thing. It syncs with all your devices now, by default, I said there's two devices you can sync, but you can pay a small, I think it's a yearly fee, it might be monthly, um, but a lot of their uh, services, they like to break it down into years, and it's very inexpensive, but they have, uh, it has the ability to sync across more than two devices for, for like I said, a small fee, and, and it's awesome because you can create notes just like in any other notepad application, but you can change colors, you can bold things, you can change font sizes, you can underline things, you can scratch through, you can do a whole bunch of stuff. You can do bulletized lists, numbered lists, and as soon as you start typing something, it's automatically saving at the same time to the cloud, and then as soon as you open it on another device, it will automatically sync with that one as well. And it's it's kind of a tip of the hat towards online 
like synchronized based tools because a lot of tools are going to this type of service where they synchronize across all of your devices and which requires you to log in of course so it's not it's not a service that stands by itself um, and and doesn't care who the user is it actually requires you to log in however it is kind of unmatched in terms of keeping things organized for you so uh a prime example of how I use this on a regular basis is I will have a few minutes of downtime. Let's say just for example, I am at a coffee shop or something and you know I'm there for, for 10 minutes. I get a coffee and I just sit down for 10 minutes. I don't need to take out my laptop or um, you know I don't need to, to get too elaborate uh, with trying to be productive while I have those few extra minutes. All I need is my phone, which I always have on me like most people. And I can sit down, I can open up the Evernote app, which is a very lightweight app in terms of resources. So it's not going to like drain down your battery or anything. Everything is very minimalist looking. It's black and white, not a lot of flashy colors in the UI. And I can open up a new note and I can start populating it with content. I can start making a list. I can start uh, scratching through some of the things I already had on a list, a previous list. I can start scheduling uh, like podcast content, like podcast, uh, you know, topics, or I can look at my interview list coming up, which I, which I actually do have in a note inside Evernote. <laughs> and uh, I do use it. Actually, I, I keep my agenda um, in Evernote. I actually have it across multiple, um, multiple mediums, but I have it in Evernote. And that's kind of the one that I use most of the time to structure and organize things because it's the tool that I have available to me at all times. So, uh, and then I, you know, I'll be working on my phone, right? Say from this coffee shop, I'm, I'm working on an agenda or something, or I'm working on a content like a topic piece and I'll go and finish doing whatever I'm doing that day and I'll come home and you know later at night I can flip open my laptop or I can sit down at my, my desktop and open up Evernote and everything that I did on my phone pops right up everything. It's all there. Everything's synchronized and it just makes it super easy just to, just to kind of stay organized. Cause I mean, everybody's so busy. Everybody's moving around a lot now. And I just, I found Evernote to be kind of uh, like a savior in terms of keeping my thoughts kind of straight. I can, I can populate a page with everything I'm thinking about and kind of clear my head. And then I can just kind of revisit all that later that night or later that day or the next day or whatever. Everything's there for whenever I need it. So number one tool I recommend. It's totally free. Check it out. It is called Evernote. Okay. Number two is an app that I just recently got actually, and it's called Trello. T-R-E-L-L-O. It's called Trello. And Trello is, it's similar to Evernote, but it's not the same. It's uh, it, it's it's different in a lot of ways, but it it does have some similarities. So, what's similar about it? Well, it's similar in the fact that you have to log in and that it will synchronize with any other device that you have that has Trello. So, it's similar there. Uh, likewise, you can invite people to be part of whatever you're setting up in Trello, and they can also see it on their devices, all of them. Uh, which, you know, it also requires them to log in as well. So, so what is Trello? What does it do? Besides the fact that it synchronizes across all your devices, it's a productivity or project management tool. And they did a really good job of taking that 
topic, which is not exciting at all and not interesting really at all. And they made an app that allows you to structure your projects in a way that is kind of fun. So, so here's what it looks like. Uh, essentially, you, you log into it and you open, or you open up the app and you have this kind of blank page. It's very minimalist, kind of like Evernote. And on the page, you have boards. Okay. And the boards, I like to think of these boards as a giant dry erase board. Um, they're listed and you can categorize them by color. They also have a title. So you click on a board and the board opens up. And inside the board, there are uh, like kind of to-do notes. And uh, each note is actually called a card. So you add all these cards. And you can think of a card as like a post-it. So imagine all these, you know, a room full of whiteboards. So you have all these boards. You go to a whiteboard. And then on that whiteboard, you can keep adding cards. And every card is basically like a sticky note. So that sticky note has a title. And it also has, a, you know, you can write anything you want on it and you can move things around on the board. You can uh, change the way it looks. You can add comments to someone else's comments. You can invite people to only see that card. Um, and, it, and, and you can also drag and drop. So you have all these cards on a board. You can move them around into any order you want. And then as you finish... A task. So, you know, if this, if each card, each sticky note on here is a task, as you finish it, you can archive it. So you can, you can just get rid of it. You can, uh, you know, clear the board, so to speak. And it's great because I like to set up projects. And it doesn't matter how big the project is, it could be something very small. Uh, you know, like I, I actually have set up just as a test, just to kind of see how the, the flow of it worked, I've set up a board for one podcast episode. And if you've ever done a podcast, you've kind of, you're aware of all the moving parts that go into a single episode. So I've made a board just for one episode. And then on that board, I had an array of, of cards. You know, there was a card for, uh, like, like content, uh, planning. And then there was a card for, I've said before, I don't script my podcasts, but I do plan what they're going to be about, obviously. So there's a content planning card. There was a, uh, recording card because there's actually time involved in recording the episode, obviously. And then there's a card for mix down, which is a phrase I use to, uh, to, to really describe taking the audio track and mixing it with the audio intro, like the song and the outro, and then exporting it as an MP3. And then there was a card for uploading to my, uh, my media host. And then there was a card for, uh, generating the blog post for it. And then there was a card for show notes. And then there was a card for promotion. Then there was a card for creating my illustrator um, graphic for that podcast episode. So I create all my graphics myself. And uh, I, there might have been two or three more. I think I'm missing a couple. But there's a whole process. And I had a card for each one. And then I went in here, and as I finished a podcast episode, or as I finished a task towards that podcast episode, I would just erase the card or archive it. And it actually worked really, really well. And uh, part of the reason for me specifically it works so well is because I have to get up a lot. I have to, to do a lot of things. I've got a lot going on. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a family guy, so you know I have a wife and kid, so I'm constantly kind of getting up and running around. And I have to abandon 
you know, tasks and projects halfway through a lot. So I work a lot in these small sprints of time and something like Trello is just absolutely awesome for me because I can't always remember. It's like, oh, you know, I, 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 did I finish that task or not? Did I send that email? I know I started typing it, but did I actually send it? I don't know. Did I, um, you know, did I finish recording that piece? I know I thought about it and I know I started it, but I don't know if I finished it. And so just having something like Trello is awesome. It's basically a mobile whiteboard with an endless a stack of sticky notes. You can move them around in any order, archive them when you're done, and you can invite anybody else to be part of that board or part of one of those cards. So it's awesome. So Trello, number two, Trello. I highly recommend it. It's free. Check it out. It's awesome. Uh, Number three, this is another free tool that probably everybody listening to this has heard of, and it's Google Drive. And That's kind of an obvious one, probably for some of you, but for some of you, it may not be. Uh, So Google, when people think of Google, they may think of just the search engine. And while that search engine is great and everybody uses it because it's so great, uh, Google actually offers a a couple other services that are free, that are fantastic. Now, Google Mail, Gmail, is something that most people use, but a lot of people aren't familiar with like Drive and what Drive has to offer. So Drive is a massively large... Um, like cloud-based drive, because similar to Dropbox, I guess, that you can use as just a a cloud-based hard drive, essentially. And everyone who has a a Google account has access to their own personal drive. And it's huge. It's way bigger than Dropbox, but it works a little bit differently. You have to be logged in to your Google account in order to access it. Um, And But here's the thing. You can access it on just just about every major device on every major platform and it is significant in size. I think it's uh, 15 gigs or 15 gigabytes, which is is massive. Um, The Dropbox default is a lot smaller. Now I like Dropbox a lot too and I do use that. It did not make my top five list for a couple different reasons. I'm not gonna discuss why it didn't make the top five list, but Google Drive did make the top five list because, uh, well, for a number of reasons. So size is one of them. It's huge. And also the flexibility within it. Uh, I found that sharing folders in Google Drive with specific people and restricting access to other people and also changing the permissions um, for certain people that you invite and you know people that do and don't have access to certain things and the type of access that they do have and the type of permissions that they do have, all of that stuff, all the management stuff is way easier to use on Google Drive than some of the other cloud-based storage systems I've tried. And also, uh, I, I found that just in general, it runs a lot smoother. So synchronization runs a lot smoother. The upload times are a lot faster for whatever reason. And the interface is a lot nicer than... I shouldn't say it's a lot nicer. It's just, it's nice. It's, uh, it's clean. It's easy to use. It's simple. And it, it's not, it doesn't seem as heavy. Everything seems super lightweight. That's one thing that Google does really, really well is that everything that they make seems to be very lightweight. And when I say lightweight, I mean in the back end of the kind of like the, the program or the, you know, the service, wherever it's being hosted from and launched from, it just runs really, really efficiently. And as a result, it doesn't seem clunky. You know, it doesn't seem like it's grinding through memory and just churning really slow. It's just a really lightweight, very, very powerful and very, very efficient um, platform. So uh, Google Drive. Now, one of the reasons I love it, besides all those management things I talked about, is I can throw files up there 
up to 15 gigs and I do not have a lot of files anywhere near that size. And everyone on my team that I work with on various projects, they, they get the notifications right away and they can go in and check it out right away and they can make tweaks. And then every, every single tweak that they make to it is recorded. So, uh, you know, it's awesome. I have, I have a full history of everything. I know who's in there. I know what they're doing. And when they add files, they know what I'm doing. So, it's almost like we can communicate just by looking at the history of our Google Drive actions. So it's it's pretty cool. And then the same goes for Google Documents, which is kind of part of the Google Drive, Google Suite. Um, I keep these two kind of associated with each other, Google Drive and Google Docs. And a lot of Google Docs that I make are stored in Google Drive, and my team has access to them and vice versa. So, uh, you know, as much as I like Microsoft Office, um, which is actually coming up here as number four. Google Docs has some pretty powerful built-in stuff that um, that is, is nice, and it's 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 all you know it's all cloud-based, so it's already stored there. Everyone has access to it. It has a lot of the features of a large, you know, heavier program like Microsoft Office. Not nearly as many, but it has a lot of the main ones. So it's it's pretty cool. So Google Drive, Google Docs. And um, I guess, you know, by associated with that is Google Mail, Gmail, which I, I do use as well for certain things. Um, all those are kind of combined as like my number three. So all those Google free applications, if you're not using them, you should be. And I recommend checking out at least Google Drive and Google Docs because I think they might make your life a little bit easier. They might kind of change the way you approach transferring documents and transferring files to you know people that you're working with and your team. So uh, Google Drive, Google Docs, number three. Okay, uh, number four, I already mentioned this actually, but number four is uh, a program, a software program that I cannot live without, and it's Microsoft Office. And that may or may not come as a surprise to people who are, are kind of in this space. Microsoft Office, it's not a thing of the past. It's very much a thing of the present and future, uh, as well as the past. It's now, and when I, when I say Microsoft Office, I typically use Word, Excel, and PowerPoint. Um, I have the entire Office suite, but those are the ones I use the most. And there's just, there's really no substitute to a Microsoft Word document, I don't think, if you're doing a very lengthy post. And uh, when I say post, I mean uh, you know, like a blog post, but all, you know, like podcast show notes, same thing. Also, if you've ever done a, an ebook, if you've ever done a um, you know, write up for like an article for something, there's really just, there's just no substitute for it. Um, now, I don't, Here's the thing. If you've if if you're in that space and you're doing a lot of online content, you've undoubtedly run into the issues with formatting. And when I say formatting, I mean like if you take a Word file and you have a certain format inside Word and you go to transfer it to say a WordPress blog post um, as is, you may notice that there's all kinds of formatting issues and you have to erase it and then go to plain text and then forward it in or upload it in. And uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's okay too. Um, you know, if you ever get involved in WordPress, then you'll you'll probably know what I'm talking about. But anyway, um, so even with those issues, you know, that's not a Word problem, and so I don't worry about it. Now, a lot of people complain that Microsoft Word is the reason for that kind of stuff. It's not a Microsoft Word issue, and I think that all the benefits of having you know, the auto correct features built in and all of the, uh, like the line and formatting stuff that you can use, uh, just to test out, you know, maybe certain like appearances and looks and things that, you know, that you could uh, try to see and make, you know, make stuff look cooler, make it look better. Um, 
all those things built in are way worth the the extra minute it takes to copy your content into plain text format on your blog and then transfer it over uh, as opposed to just writing up everything in something like notepad and then copying that over as is and then tweaking it inside of WordPress or inside of your blog um, platform. So, you know, I don't consider that an issue, but plus, um, you know, there's other stuff too inside Microsoft office like Excel. And I'm sure everyone here has used Excel. Excel is a great program. It's, it's extremely powerful and I use it for a whole bunch of different things. And as an example, my physical products brands, every single one of them, I use Excel. I have custom made my own algorithms or equations to go ahead and calculate out certain things to give me kind of like my bottom line, um, money I spent on shipping, money I sent on product, uh, spent on product, you know, revenue, um, how much I've spent like total over everything, uh, returns, you know, it just keeps track of everything and it calculates everything out. And then if you've ever sold on Amazon, when I say the words pay-per-click, advertising, sponsored ads, uh, those all have costs. And those are costs that I incur by using Amazon as a sales platform. And Amazon kind of does a poor job of managing all those costs and giving you a nice clear picture. So I've created my own Excel macros and Excel equations to go ahead and calculate all that stuff for me. And it also lets me color code certain things and it does it automatically based on thresholds that I set up and everything. So Excel is really, really, really powerful and I love it. And I also use PowerPoint a lot to create slides and presentations when I'm providing like a tutorial or a how-to or just like a little training session or something. And uh, it's another great tool. It's really simple to use. So you know, it's, it's drag and drop and, you know, all the, all the, all the text box stuff is right there. Super easy to use. So Microsoft office, uh, Microsoft office is not free. So that is the one tool on this list that I, uh, have spent money on and, um, but I think it's worth it. That's the thing. I think it's worth it. And I use it almost every single day that I'm working on one of my actual computers. I do not use it on my phone. Uh, but I do use it for like major projects and I don't think I could get through some of my major projects if I did not have Microsoft office. Okay. So number four, Microsoft office, number five, this one might come as a surprise to some of you. Um, I do post about it a lot inside Instagram and this last one is a physical notebook. So, so right now I have a note. I do use notebooks. I use them every single day, literally every single day. And I have I kind of, I try to use notebooks that I like a lot. Like I like the feel of them. Um, I like the organization of the notebook and you wouldn't believe the the community that is around, uh, like organizational and productivity based notebooks. Uh, I don't use any notebooks that have like a lot of crazy formatting stuff inside. I just like a lined piece of paper, but, um, I like to use one that is visually appealing to me and usually a little bit smaller. Um, I like those little ribbon bookmarks and I like the elastic closure to kind of keep it closed. And, um, I've found that having a notebook in front of me at all times when I'm doing something, when I'm working on something is, is a lot better at letting me quickly draw up my thoughts than sitting there and trying to type it out. And it doesn't always look as pretty, but that's kind of the point. It helps you get your rough drafts out of the way quicker with a pen and a piece of paper 
before you go to try to do it electronically and screw up and have to delete stuff and, and start over. And like, when that happens, uh, it, it, you know, like if I'm trying to, let's just say I want to make a, a complex, I don't know, block diagram or something, which I've done before several times. And if I draw it out a few times and mess up on paper, which I can do in a few minutes, then by the time I go to finalize it, you know, I've sketched it up seven, eight, nine, ten times, and I can go ahead and make it electronically, and it'll be perfect the first time, or just about perfect the first time. And that's just, it, it saves so much time, and I just, I, I have a, a little bit better of a connection with my productive self, if that makes any sense, when I can just sit there with a pen, and I can, you know, take the thought, and then just transfer it straight to my fingertips and start drawing. Uh, it, it just, it, it flows better. Um, and, and everything comes out, you know, onto the paper, um, a lot faster. And it's almost, it's almost a, a better way for me to transfer my thoughts from, you know, my brain into something that I can look at. And then ultimately I can take that and pretty it up online or in an electronic format if I want to, but, but getting it out on paper is usually my step number one. And, you know, sometimes my one, two, three, 10, 20, whatever, um, I do a lot of draft stuff on paper and, uh, I don't know where I'd be without it. So number five is a physical notebook. Okay. So I'm going to go over these one more time and I recommend all of them highly. And the list looks like this. Okay. Number one, Evernote. Number two, Trello. Number three, Google Drive and Google Docs. Number four, Microsoft Office. And number five is a physical, old school, plain notebook. Okay, guys, that's going to wrap it up. These are my top five tools for productivity that I use on a daily basis. I highly recommend you check them out. And with them, I think that you will be able to be as productive as absolutely possible. And I have the utmost certainty that you can take your thoughts, transfer them better, turn them into something real, and start to make a little bit more progress than you're already making right now. So that's it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review in iTunes and share this with somebody who you think might also get value out of it. And with all of those things that I just mentioned, you are helping us get closer to our goal of reaching as many parents as possible and undiscovered entrepreneurs and helping them find the path that they need to get on in order to create the lifestyle that they want and have the freedom that they need and live the way they want to live. So thank you very much for checking it out, and I will see you in the next episode. Take care.